0: It's Kaz Jaff here,
1: and I absolutely cannot believe we are at episode number 75, and it It's totally fitting that we have a doula on the show because I love doulas, and it's been a while, so I'm super thrilled to introduce Mari Gordon. She's a U.S. native who has been living in the Netherlands for the past 19 years. Having done just about everything under the sun, she finally decided to answer a calling and completed her doula training with JJ Doula Training in Amsterdam in 2012. She feels especially passionate about childbirth education and breastfeeding support. Alongside her growing doula practice, she's the proud mother of two very very sassy little girls. Um, It's a fantastic episode. I really, truly enjoy talking to Mari about what is normal when it comes to birth, but also um, she really uh, um, is able to parallel birth with life. And uh, well, it's a really lovely episode and um, I really appreciate her wisdom. Enjoy the show. Hello there, Mari. I'm so excited to have you on Mums the Word. Please tell the listeners all about yourself.
2: Hi, Kaz. Thanks for having me. Um, My name is Mari Gordon and I am a mother of two, um, originally from the U.S., have been in the Netherlands for going on 19 years, which is really funny to me, (laughs) Um, and I'm a doula. I uh, I did my doula training here in Amsterdam, so I really am an an Amsterdam doula, um, and I had my children here in Amsterdam. So I'm an Amsterdam mama as well. (laughs) Love it. Love it.
1: uh, Yeah. Well, um, this is a very exciting topic that we're going to be speaking um, about today and what is normal. So um, especially when it comes to birth, I would love you to share your journey that got you to, I guess, where you are today um, with the listeners. And um, well, I'm also really intrigued to hear the depth of it. I know some of it, but um, yeah, really looking forward. So yeah, shoot.
2: (laughs) What is normal in birth? Um, I think when I started my doula training, I probably, like all doulas, had an idea that normal was a certain way. And I think the more you work and the more you learn, you realize that normal is so different for so many people. I my 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 barometer for normal is is very much influenced by how I was raised and by who my parents are um, and the experiences that I had in my childhood and they had a lot of influence on how I saw birth and I think for every woman that is the case. I think every woman is influenced by her mother's view of birth, her sister's view of birth, her best friend's view of birth, and that becomes that becomes her normal. Um, my normal was very alternative. Um, I saw my first birth when I was 12, almost 13 years old, and that in itself wasn't such a big deal. My parents had eight children in total, I was the eldest. My mother gave birth to me in a hospital, pretty standard hospital birth. Back in the day when you still, you know, had your feet in the stirrups and had your pubis shaved for the birth, she had a pretty relaxed, small-town doctor who wasn't too pushy and was sweet, from what I understand. But for whatever reason, um, my parents weren't completely happy with the the birth, for some reason. More my dad, from what I understand, than than my mom. And so for the second time around, they decided they wanted to try for a home birth. Which, for Kansas, which is where I was born and raised... Um, And for the community that they came from was very alternative. Um, And they hired a midwife. My sister and I are only 14 months apart, so I was still quite young. Um, And they were going to have a home birth. And then the midwife got a calling to go and do missionary work in Africa. And she kind of left my parents high and dry at uh, somewhere around eight, eight months pregnant. And my dad, they let, she left them a book. My dad got it in his head to uh, study. Well, I guess he, he cracked the book and had a look and decided he could do it himself. And that's what happened. When my sister was born, she was born at home what you would now call an unassisted home birth, just my father, who was not uh, trained medically in any way, shape, or form, delivering my sister. And he went on to deliver six more children at home, or five more children at home, and then my youngest sister was was born at the hospital. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, a it's pretty like your very story. own
1: sort of male version of Ina May, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, uh, if there was a farm involved or something, but, you know, yeah, wow. So, so when I grew
2: up, there were loads of birthing books in my house, including Ina May Gaston's Spiritual Midwifery um, and a lot of other books. A couple I, I have on my bookshelf today here in Amsterdam, which is kind of nice. They're like treasures to me because I remember sitting on my parents' couch And reading them as a child so if we're talking about normal my normal was that you know my mom had lots of children obviously so my memories of my mother often she was pregnant or often there was a new baby um, and we were very aware that the babies were born at home and across the hallway from where we slept and my father was the the mid man the mid, mm-hmm. is that what you called them? Mid daddy. Mid daddy. I don't know. Mid daddy. <laughs> and um, so that was, that was our normal. And when my mom was pregnant again, when I was 12, I, I wanted to see the birth. I was curious and my parents were okay with that. So um, I remember sitting with my mom in the room uh, and my dad and, you know, witnessing what for me at the time was super boring, and what now I look back on as an adult as something pretty magical. Totally hands off. Obviously, my parents working in sync together because they'd done this so many times before. They were having baby number six, or so they thought, or baby, num- baby number five. Can't keep track. Um, but what turned out to be twins. Oh my God. <laughs> surprise. Um, But my mom, super calm, you know, pretty quiet, um, just laboring kind of on her own with my dad, supporting her, very hands-off, mid-man, mid-daddy. And then, you know, baby number one is born. We don't think there's another baby coming wonderful. She's beautiful. We're very excited. My mom says, "Ah, go and get a bowl. I feel the scent is coming. I go and get one of our mini stainless steel bowls and I'm kind of attending to my mother. And I'm like, mom, there's a foot. (sighs) At which point most people would say, oh my God, a second baby. And it's a bridge. I don't remember, of course, that it was a panic situation. I don't even remember the fuss being over anything more that, oh, there's a second baby. And, you know, my mom didn't know she was having twins.
1: That is amazing. And
2: then we got two for the price of one. Yeah. So that very much shaped how I see birth. My second birth that I ever saw, I was about 30 years of age and I was checking in on a friend who had gone into labor and moved to the hospital um, that was here in Amsterdam, and I got to see the other side of the spectrum, you know, a very medicalized hospital birth, um, an instrumental birth in the end um, with a vacuum. And it was really powerful to kind of see both sides of the coin, and I think it very much prepared me for for douladom because, you know, often birth can be can be heavy it can be scary things can happen that you you don't expect it can also be beautiful and breathtaking and still and quiet and easy but there's a whole spectrum and even though my basis is obviously you know an unmedicated hands-off kind of birth my worldview has also been shaped by the second birth that I saw, and the whole spectrum that happens in between that. And for me, I feel it's very important, and and actually I was trained that way, to really meet the women where they are. Everybody's normal is not my normal. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And it's very important to come to a woman and not to expect that. She's going to see birth the way that I do or that she's going to read a certain book and be inspired in the way that I am. There's so many influences, not just familial, but environment, who their care provider is. So many things that shape the way a woman births and also shape how she comes to that birth and what she's carrying with her. You know, her any fears or insecurities or her hopes or dreams, they're all there. They're all in the room. And they take up a lot of space. And my job as a doula is to just kind of stand beside the woman and give space for everything that's going on with her without my, my normal taking over the room, as it were. Because it's not, it's not about me. And I think there's a lot of pressure on women today. I think that we feel like, oh, we need to do it a certain way. We need to do it like her normal. Or we need to do it like his normal. Partners are also a big influence about um, in the birthing room, of course. Uh, they also have their own experiences and their own histories and that can that means that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in there. So I have to not make myself small, but I have to kind of find the space in between all of those personalities and influences to just be there without judging the situation without. getting wrapped up in the outcome I think that's very important yeah and and just be there really be there and it's not easy of course it's not easy I'm a human being yeah
1: I was gonna say how do you put out that little voice when you think oh no I know that you know you probably don't need to have that you know oxytocin or you know like you've seen it go without there I mean you've got to really bite your tongue no doubt sit on your hands
2: or you know no actually the more births I see or let's put it this way the more births I support the less certain not certain but the less expectations I have, actually. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you are in a situation where you think, oh, this could go a certain way. And it absolutely doesn't. And sometimes you're in a situation where you think, this could go a certain way. And it does. But breath is always different. I'm always surprised. I'm always, it's always showing me again and again that there's so much mystery
1: Sounds and like that, a nice metaphor
2: for life, really. Yeah. <laughs> and and I love that. I love that. I love being, you know, being proved wrong. I think it's it's almost like it's, you know, you could compare it to some sort of Zen practice, you know, that you kind of take it all the way back to the basis and, and just being in the moment, that you really have to stay in the moment, that you can't. Plot it out. Oh, this is happening A B C D, and then go on like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, I think of it as meditation. Yeah, not in a way, nice, nice. Or yoga practice. It's, <laughs> it's it's very similar, actually. Whenever I'm on the mat, which I try to do very often because I think it helps my practice and helps me as a person. I'm always finding I'm always relating yoga to birth.
1: <laughs> I do the same with chiropractic and flow,
2: and <laughs> so you know, yeah, it's good like that, yeah, I can imagine that that you you know with you have a a body mind spirit profession that you you know it's easy to make those comparisons, yeah. Yeah.
1: And when talking about, you know, what is normal when it relates to birth, I mean, a lot of people would assume, would sort of be going along the lines of what is common. I mean, at the end of the day, that yes. that's really what we're trying to split. The difference here is there are so many normals.
2: And there are so many normals. Yeah. Indeed. yeah. And yeah, what you said, what's common, what's common at the moment is um, in the Netherlands definitely is, is less home births. More hospital births, um, and it's very easy for what's common to kind of eclipse everything else. But I do like the fact that you still have so much choice um, in in the Netherlands. Oh that's yeah, know I that's one of my my passions. Um, talking up the the Dutch maternal health care system. It's not perfect by any means, but I still am flabbergasted um, about the choices that you can have here as a woman when you know how to navigate the system. Um, So there's lots of normals. There's lots of normals and also birth is a journey. So, A woman can start off and her normal is very specific to where she's at at the beginning of the birth and you come to the end of the, or at the beginning of the pregnancy and you come to the end of the pregnancy and her normal has completely shifted. That happens quite often. Many, you know, especially first time moms, they come to birth and they come to pregnancy and they they don't know anything yet. You know, it's like one of those secrets. It's like, now I compare it. It's like menopause. Nobody talks about menopause before you get there. Or having children. Nobody talks about having children before you get there, really. Yeah. They might mention things, but they don't really relate to you because you're not in that space. Yeah. And pregnancy is much the same thing. There's a whole world to navigate. So many choices out there. So much literature. Everybody's doing something a little bit differently. And then you're there and you're thinking, okay, well, what's me, you know? But I don't think that most moms kind of think in terms of what's my normal as it pertains to birth.
1: You think that they come in already with the mindset like, okay, I I had a mom who had a hospital birth, my sister had a hospital birth, and I'm having a hospital birth, and it's not even on their radar that there could be anything else?
2: No, I think they don't even know how to put it into the terms of there could be anything else. I don't think they think of, yeah, I may, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of, okay, This is this has been the story, so this is how I do it. And they don't think, but that's her story. What's my story? That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Like, okay, that might be my mom's story, my aunt's story, and that might be my best friend's story, but what is my story? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's where I like to start. A lot of times with my clients, you know, we speak and I, I say, okay, you know, I've heard about what she thinks and what he thinks, but what do you think? How do you feel about that? You know, where are you at with that? And sometimes I, you know, when you, when you build a really lovely relationship, my, my clients just tell me their whole story in just one sentence. And, and you know that maybe they don't even understand that, you know, they've really revealed themselves to you. But I love those moments. I love those reveal moments when they tell you their truth, you know, what their normal is. And they say, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure that my body knows what to do or I don't, I don't want to let my baby go yet. And then you, you, you work with what's there in that moment. I like that. That's uh, one of the more appealing, appealing parts of my job. I do I love people. I'm a people person always. Mm-hmm. I've always been attracted to work that kind of involves peeling off those layers of of human beings like like onion skins. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with someone about that the other day. And yeah, and so for me this is the best of both worlds. It's you know, it combines so much yeah. Anthropology and sociology and psychology and it's just so interesting.
1: And yeah,
2: you absolutely. To see a beautiful baby at the end, which is also nice. <laughs> baby lover.
1: <laughs> so in a in a hypothetical yeah, nice, no, me too. In a hypothetical situation if someone you know, comes and says, look, I actually have no idea how I to, you know, this birth to go. I've actually not thought about it. You know, maybe it wasn't even a planned pregnancy. And, you know, to be honest, you know, I've got no idea what I want. I mean, where would you start with them or, or recommend that they start in finding their story? I mean, they might not have their mum around anymore, may not even know how they were born. I mean, where does someone even start about what they want? Because there's so much choice, right?
2: Yeah, there's so much choice. I think, you know, you have to start with, well, what feels safe for you right now? That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean, and that's right now, that doesn't mean that's going to feel safe for you in the moment. And that's another thing I like. I love how, you know, if you are not having, you know, if you don't have, haven't been referred into medical care for some pre-existing risk or a risk that has come up, you can decide at any moment where you're going to have your baby. So you might start off being like, you know what, I'm going to go to the birth center, and that's that. But you're with your midwife still. If you decide at the last moment, no, actually, I'm going to stay home, or then that's what you do. If you're like, well, you know, actually, my, I'm going to feel safest at the hospital uh, for various and sundry reasons, then you can get a room at the hospital with your midwife that's pretty that's pretty ace, but yes, some people feel crippled in the face of all those choices, and then you really have to kind of break it down to the basics where do you feel safe? you know when you ever envisioned yourself giving birth, where was that? did you envision that you know what what are the messages around you but and you know how do they make you feel and you just have to kind of you know, start peeling. And and also, you know, I'm always saying what you, you know, what you feel right now, especially if I'm working with someone, you know, in the early stages, in their first trimester or early second trimester, that can totally change by the end. And that's okay. I, I, I don't care where you give birth, actually, as long as you have... A positive experience and I also know that since everyone has a different normal everybody's positive experience is going to be different everyone's idea of a positive experience are going to vary for one woman having a gentle cesarean is going to be the most positive experience that she can have and for another woman the idea that she would leave her house and go to a hospital or to a birth center to birth her baby is not her idea of a positive experience. And there has to be room for all of that. Yeah. That you, you, you meet the mother where she is and you support her in in meeting her child for the first time as much as possible in a positive way. And even when it's heavy or something serious is going on, it can still be positive. But it's really about moms feeling that, you know, they were heard, that it's not just something that's happening to them, that they're participating in the process. That's what makes the difference. That's what helps it to be positive, that it's a conversation, you know, that with, between herself and her partner, her, her support person and her caregivers, that she's a part of the experience. That's the most important part. And some moms don't even know that, don't even realize that, you know, that's going to be important to them in the moment. It's only after the fact that they're like, hey, I did this you know and I felt like I did it on my own terms no matter what and and that doesn't mean that you did it on your own terms with this long birth plan or you know that there's a the whole framework around it it just means that that you were involved because it can have birth can happen when you're totally not involved and I can tell you that's a very negative experience
1: yeah, yeah, disempowering. Yeah. Yeah, understand, understand. Cool. Um, I'm sure you have many, but I would love you to share a quote or affirmation, whether it relates to this or motherhood or parenting in general and its meaning to you.
2: Well, I think this relates to all of those things, actually.
1: <laughs> Even better.
2: <laughs> no, but- my, my big thing is that when you're approaching birth, when you're approaching pregnancy, when you're approaching life, basically, is that you're open, which means, you know, you're open to yourself, open enough to listen to your own needs and to understand your normal, but also others, even if it's not your thing um that you stay flexible and if you can be flexible during birth then that is going to lend so much to your parenting days
1: <laughs> oh yeah i so are not, not just being... talking physically flexible where <laughs> no, things dilate like, really well physically. and
2: <laughs> <laughs> no I mean no, I feel like yeah. birth is like a big practice for parenting oh right? yeah and flexibility is key in both
1: That's so good
2: you um and to stay positive you know, your mental attitude has so much bearing on how you see the world. I mean, it's pretty much impossible to be open if you if you're not positive, right?
1: Yeah.
2: It kind of openness, flexibility, yeah, positivity all it, it
1: together, the flexibility factor as well, like yeah. openness, yeah.
2: And uh, yeah. That's my that's my mantra, open, flexible, positive if you can
1: so it's a mantra more than a quote I guess right
2: yeah an affirmation you yeah. can make it an affirmation yeah. that's no. my approach
1: somewhere in, in I there f- I guess there has to be a little bit of breathing breathe out patience right I mean come on you've got two and I've got two <laughs> you, yeah I don't inhale, think if, you, if you don't breathe
2: you're not flexible right yeah
1: that's true that's true yeah
2: and that's what, that's why that's where I always you know I always think the breath is your anchor, right? Especially during birth, but also in your day to day life, that you, you know, take that moment when you're like, oh, and start your eyes start twitching with your little ones, <laughs> and you, and you take those those deep breaths, you know, that you're you're really t- taking your time to expand that belly and ah, oh, just. Let out a deep exhale. Make it longer. Longer than your inhale. And you're on your way. And that's always it's the best way to kind of bring you back to yourself. That's also what I tell my clients. You know. Birth is a winding road. And you might wobble. You might have a little freak out moment. But it's okay. Because you always come back to your breath. And if you can do that. Then you can make it all the way to the end. And that's sounds really simple
0: with so much great information provided on each episode we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy healthy and safe for exclusive content as well as show notes links for everything we discuss on the episode as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed visit mums the word well
1: i like that quote right birth is a winding road you might wobble i mean it's really cool <laughs> What you just said, yeah, yeah, well, um you know, mum's the word it's really a, I guess a bit of an online community, and I always like just the opportunity to remind mums that you know no matter where we are in the world and you know we've all got similar concerns and struggles and and just also that we're really we're really in this together um, I'm sure you've got somewhere along the path uh, of your journey that you could share a time with us that um, was not so easy. There was maybe a bit of a struggle. And I guess in sharing that, we hope that we're helping someone not reinvent the wheel. So, whether it was um, personally or professionally, maybe something you could share. And I guess how you got out of your uh, funk.
2: Yeah. Now, I have to say, uh, when I had my daughter, I was uh, over the moon. I really, she was super, super, super wanted. And I had a great birth, super positive experience and then breastfeeding sucked, and at about six weeks, I thought it was going okay. You know, I I had the whole thing. I had way too much milk. I had super, super tender, overly full, super hard breasts. I had you know, I had my acupuncturist come in to see me. I had nipple shields. Um, and then at six weeks, you know, I was kind of doing her six week wellness check, and they're like, mm, she's not back up to weight. And then you have this horrible, crushing feeling like, okay, why didn't I see that? I hate to look at the photos even now from that period because I can see that, you know, my future juicy baby girl was not particularly juicy at that point. Um, and I had a lactation consultant in and we couldn't see anything and I started pumping and thus began this really long year and a half of my life where I just pumped like a mad woman and was always obsessed with how much, how much breast milk I was making. Was I making enough? Did I have enough in the freezer? This and that. Um, she did nurse at night and I was working at the time so I was working like four days a week um so I had to pump anyway when I went back to work but you know I think her latch was never was never optimal even I saw a lactation consultant about something else pertaining to my breast health uh when she was about probably she was just about a year and a half and she said actually her latch is terrible, but probably because you have so much milk, it's been fine. And I think, I suspect, because her sister had it, that she had a tongue tie that went undiagnosed. But that was that was a serious struggle for me. I'm a feeder. I love my food, and my mother breastfed all of us, all of my siblings, and I. And you know, I really expected that it was going to be this really easy thing. Just to give yeah. in, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and it was it was a super struggle. There were lots of crazy like, let me pump for twenty four hours so that I can get my milk supply up. And um, I I I I do have to say that you know I'm I'm lucky that I I could pump. A lot of people really battle with breast pumps and the concept of pumping. And I feel glad my daughter nursed in the end until she was two um and at some point you know we kind of dropped the pumping in the bottles but that was a real struggle and just having real life people moms other moms to talk to at the time i was very lucky i had a circle of moms that i could chat with who were all first time moms and having you know similar issues or other issues and just to be able to talk about it and to be vulnerable and open about it really helped me. Um, but I do shudder when I, I think about it. It's yeah. hard. It yeah. really hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, just a change of, uh, I guess, um, of question, I guess. Um, what, what drives you? I mean, you, you're, you've come from such a, I guess, almost like a birth community in your own home um, with your parents. And then, you know, now, you know, I, I'm just curious to hear your story of, of what gets you up in the morning to do what you do. Because, I mean, you know, being a mum, you know, expat parenting, uh, you know, two relatively young kids that need your attention most of the time and then being a doula, which has you on call and away at nights. I mean, what what drives you and gets you up to do what you do? In the middle of the night, shall I say, not necessarily in the morning.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm amazing. I can you you when you become a it I think you tune in also with your clients somehow. I definitely do. And and I know that there's always a, a client who feels guilty for calling me in the middle of the night, but I'm like, that's my job and I don't I don't mind. I'm a bit of a night owl and Somehow, when it's time, when when the call comes, I just kind of pick up on the first ring and and I'm ready to go. But I also, I do, you know, I set out clothes. I make sure my bag's out. And so I can just kind of slip out of bed and try to slip out of the house without disturbing anybody. Um, But I feel really passionate about supporting positive experience for birth, positive experiences for birthing mothers um, within their normal. I think I love it. I love meeting women and being with them at this spectacular moment. It's always awe-inspiring. I pretty much always cry. I usually tell my clients that when I meet them their first time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a crier. Um, and and I love the feeling. For me, I really feel connected with my community through through birth and through dueling these women and like running into them all over the town. I have a client who lives in, in my neighborhood and we see each other pretty much every week, it's now, it's a joke. We laugh all the time. Everywhere I go, then we just run into each other, we ride, I'm riding by, and she's walking with the pram. I love that, it just, I feel like my community and my family gets bigger. I just met with a client today and they're moving back to the US and we sat under this big tree in the Volvo park and talked about Netflix and surfing and all kinds of stuff and uh, while the baby was sleeping in the pram, And it was, I don't know, I just love touching people's lives in that way and having them touch my life. I have my calendars full of names of babies on the day and the year that they were born. And, uh, yeah, it just feels really special. It's wonderful work.
1: So I'm curious, what was the, what was the final switch that made you switch from your, I guess your other career, um, to full-time doula Cause I mean, it sounds like this is obviously a path that, I mean, anyone could have like, yeah, duh, you're going to end up working in birth. Like, you know, like that you didn't see it or you went a whole other way
2: initially. Well, when I did my training, I was pregnant with my second daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I finished, I was still working uh, my corporate job. And that was perfect for that time um, that you kind of just do something that you've been doing and, you know, it doesn't ask too much of you. Gotcha. Which is perfect when you have little kids. So. Right. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point, I was like, hmm, this isn't really doing it for me anymore. I'm ready to kind of come out of my mama cocoon. Because, you know, the first two years, I don't know about you, but for me, I always say, like, the, once you survive the first year, great. But it takes, like, another year to kind of come out of the hormone fog, probably very related to when I stopped breastfeeding, which is around two, two and a half years both times. And then you're like, hey, I'm back. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and um and then i was like this yeah this isn't doing it for me anymore and then i got the push i kind of started to put the feelers out started to think about coming out of my comfort zone because there's the comfort in in you know working for someone else and not putting yourself out there yeah um, gotcha. yeah but yeah i meditated on it a lot and then I got an opportunity to do something that, um, related to birth that I didn't, uh, I, I had never thought of before. So I kind of did some kind of freelance, uh, teaching and that really kind of spurred me on. And then it just all kind of happened. I kind of got a, I got, I got a a kick in the butt. So yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that was that. So uh, I'm glad. I feel like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And when I had this space, then it was time.
1: Yeah, because it just, hearing your story, it just sounds like there is a calling there and it's probably been there your whole life. I
2: think so. (laughs) I think so. At one point I did, I remember in my my 20s, I was thinking about doing the midwifery school here. Mm -hmm. I don't... I'm, n- I'm now you know 20 years on I think hmm could I do that I wonder maybe one day yeah I' I'm, I'm not I don't I don't exclude it but I like what I'm doing right now that's for sure yeah yeah okay so
1: this is a really doozy of a question um if you could go back in time knowing what you know now and I guess the mum you are and and I guess all these you know, you get to witness all these roads to pregnancy and also now you know your own road to pregnancy. What would you tell your younger self or your younger pregnant self um, that you'd want new mums or mums to be with babies in the belly right now to know about the future that, that, that's about to unfold in motherhood?
2: Oh, my God. I would say throw out the books on sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if there's anything i i it is a, it's a small regret that i have actually that i was so all of a sudden not having thought about it at all beforehand but then the baby's born and you think oh yeah but we need to do something about the sleep and um you know and then start doing all these tricks and all these things when i should have just relaxed and said it will come eventually i felt like you know we we tried to orchestrate this sleep pattern and that maybe if we just left it alone and let her settle especially in the first six weeks that maybe it would have turned out better I mean I also know that sleep is very um,
1: hit and miss
2: (laughs) yeah well it's not very hit and miss but it's very personality related you know I've got one great sleeper and one not so great sleeper but the one great sleeper was the second child who I was much more relaxed with about sleep to mm-hmm. tell you for. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think I would just say, you know what, the first six weeks, don't really need to see anybody, you don't really need to do anything. Get to know your baby. Get to know each other as a family. And no pressure. No pressure. Just feed and sleep and, you know, let someone take really good care of you. Eat lots of nourishing food and think about sleep once the baby's actually landed on Earth, you know? Yeah. It takes a little while to kind of Find to get is. used to it. Yeah. Yeah. The new wide world full of sound and smell and light. Yeah.
1: Well, the next question, I'm going to put a little bit of a spin on it for you, I think. Um, I normally ask what's the best advice that you've ever received, but I think I'm going to say what's the advice that your mum gave you um, with having your first? I mean, look, she had eight babies. There's got to be some pearls of wisdom
2: that she embarked on you, and I'd, I'd love uh, to hear those. You know what happens? I I have to tell you, I think that moms forget. Oh, yeah. And, totally. You know, like there's so many things that I'm after. like, I'm like, Mom, why didn't you tell me that?
1: Um, well, she had eight kids, right? So it was either pregnant or breastfed. She was in yeah, definitely breastfed. a bubble for a very long
2: time. Yes, exactly. And I'm trying to think if there was something that she really that really stuck out for me. I don't know. I think it's just, it wasn't anything that she said, but more how she was. I mean, I come from about ba- family of serious baby lovers. And I, you know, I love the way my parents always engage with babies like it's a conversation you know and we really did that with our daughter we were always talking to her and telling her what we were doing and what's going on and i feel like i remember my mom doing that so much in childhood you know like really having a conversation with her babies and yeah i think that's one of the things that i i kind of took uh took a from her, as it were,
1: I like that. I like that. Well, um, I definitely love you to share some of your um, favorite resources, I guess, when it comes to birth or parenting, whether it's books or websites. And, and maybe if you shared the ones on your shelf that your golden, your golden, uh, cherished uh, treasures,
2: my golden, cherished treasures. Um, I do love spiritual free, mm-hmm. but you know, if you want to talk about people's normal and um, kind of meeting a woman where she is, I know that that's not always yeah. the book for every mom. Um, for me, of course, it's a book from my childhood. So I also look at it and I see the pictures of all of these smiling hippie mamas and, you know, it's, it gives me this kind of warm, nostalgic feeling. But there are some pearls of wisdom in there. And I know when I was birthing my first daughter, I could hear Anime's voice in my head saying, you know, about keeping your mouth loose and smiling. And I just kept smiling and smiling no matter what was going on. And it really worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I do think that with all things, ex- you know, find the things that appeal to your normal. What resonates with you, right? Right. And even though the whole book might not be for you, there has to be at least, you know, one little pearl of wisdom that you can take away from it more. So, yeah. So be open to everything, maybe kind of read the most extremes from both sides and one in the middle and figure it out. But my other favorite is birthing from within. And I actually Uh bought that when I was birthing with my my first. And even though to be honest, the kind of art um, art therapy parts of it didn't really speak to me at all. I love how realistic she is. I love it that she's like, you know, when I come in and I see candles and hear music and stuff, I'm like, let's get rid of this stuff and get down to some hard work. And I do like a practical and kind of Pragmatic approach. Yeah, it's, it, birth is birth is hard work. It that doesn't mean that it's horrible. It just means that you need to work, and um, and I like to hear that in in a birth book. And I like all the kind of history that she gives there. So I like that one. And very recently, my new favorite, also because hmm. uh, I facilitate the positive birth movement meet up here in Amsterdam is the positive birth book. And it just came out this year. Okay. Um, Who's that? What's the the author? By Millie Hill. Uh And she is the founder of the positive birth movement in the UK. Okay. Birth book is awesome. Um, She really put a lot of work into it, talking about everything from planning your home birth, talking about your choices, what's birth really like. And she kind of goes through all the phases and there's lots of little quotes from other moms. There's a nice section on human rights and childbirth with that Rebecca Schiller wrote. The thing I really love is that she has um, a visual birth plan. Mm-hmm. And she came up with all these beautiful little illustrations that cover everything you can possibly think And I love it now. It's something that I want to adopt into my practice using these, not so much as a birth planning, but as a touch point to talk about, hey, look at all these different options. Did you even know there were all these options? Yeah. So I'm really, I'm, I'm really grateful to her for coming up with, uh, with such an extensive, extensive uh, birth planning tools, I should say. Yeah. So Sounds really, cool. Um, Sounds really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one to pick up, and it's funny. That's okay. I think that's really right. important. Yeah, of
1: course. Yeah. Let's not be
2: too serious. Yeah.
1: Nice, nice. Well, I'd really definitely love you to share with people how they can best get in touch with you and and find out more about your services. I mean, you just dropped the um, the positive birth uh, movement as well, so please make sure you mention that um, and your website and things like that. So yeah, yeah let us know.
2: So, I'm local to Amsterdam, but I work in Amsterdam and Amselvain. Um I do like to keep it local. I do every once in a while a birth outside of Amsterdam, but I like to be able to drop in extra on my clients if they need it. And um, that's possible when you're working locally. So, you can find me at com. And I have a Facebook page, of course. I'm on Facebook, but um, is I love Mari Maridula or yeah, it's a Mari Maridula Care. Uh-huh. Um, and I work um, once a month, I facilitate the Amsterdam's uh, positive birth movement meetup. Um, that's usually the last Saturday of the month. Uh, this month, for instance, we're going to do it on the 20th, which isn't the last. Saturday of the month, but that's because the last Saturday of the month is my birthday. (laughs) Um, And that's really an opportunity for moms, partners, birth workers, whoever, to come together and just talk about different topics. This month, we're going to be talking about um, the golden hour, the first hour after birth. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's a big group. Sometimes it's a small group. I feel like it's so important to go offline and see one another and connect and share experiences offline and yeah. I, I feel really strongly about that um and um when my colleague isaya asked me to take it over because she was moving abroad i was super excited to be able to keep that going on i think it's really important to come together and tell birth stories with one another and To have space to tell your birth story, whatever your experience was, um, and to share information. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you just need to have a big cry. Sometimes it's all about laughter, but it's nice to have that. And the spin is also about talking about your choices in childbirth and, you know, what's positive for you, what to do if. The experience wasn't positive Um, all of those things get covered and more so
1: and where's the best place for people to find out about the actual dates is that on your website or is that on your facebook page or
2: it's on my website it is on my facebook page always in the events we also have a group the positive uh, birth movement amsterdam is a facebook group it's open uh facebook group so that's where you can find out as well when we're meeting up. Mm-hmm. Um if you are interested in finding out more about me or meeting me, then I always I always do kind of no obligation free coffee dates, tea dates, evening meetups, what have you that you can schedule with me personally and that you can find out about on my website. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's really important when you're choosing someone to support you that you have a click with that person, um, and vice versa, actually. So um, I do like to meet the birthing mother and partner or other support person um, and have a chat and, yeah, see where we go from there. Sounds awesome. I also,
1: yeah. And I also know that you have an event coming up as well that you're co-hosting that I thought maybe you wanted to just mention as well.
2: Yes. Um, I'm super excited about this. And this is more playing to my choices, how excited I am about the choices that you Which have. is
1: another episode that yeah. we've decided to do.
2: So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Choice, choice, choice. Um, my colleague Elena and I, Elena Standring, who's also a coach working in Amsterdam, are going to be hosting a workshop um, called uh, "Your Roadmap to Having a Baby in the Netherlands," and um, we originally developed some of the content for a corporate client, and we are now bringing it to the public and combining it with um, an American Women's Club of Amsterdam seminar that used to take place once or twice a year called having a baby in Holland
1: at my practice. Yeah.
2: Um, and so this year we're going to be doing it, uh, or this month, on um, the 30th, we're going to be doing it for the public and members of the, uh, American women's club of Amsterdam. Um, and we've switched up the format a little, um, and I'm super excited because not only are you going to come and learn about, what what the Dutch maternity healthcare system looks like, how it works, how to navigate it, um, you know, kind of you get some key vocabulary. You're going to find out about what a doula does as well, but you get to hear birth stories from kind of three different scenarios. I think that's really important mm-hmm. that you hear from peers who've had their babies here um, talk about their experiences. And then we're going to have um, a panel at the end for answering questions. Um, we're going to have a midwife. We're going to have a problem nurse. And we're going to have a lactation consultant. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, Elena and I will be there to answer questions. So I'm really excited about it. It's also open to um, women, their partners, everybody. Um and it's going to be held uh, at Jacaranda Tree Montessori um, in a lovely space uh, just off the Amstelvane and around the corner from your practice actually mm. um, so I'm super excited about it um, we've gotten positive responses I love it when you register we also you know, try to find out a little bit about you and what you'd like to hear about so we can make sure that if we're not covering your questions, they're gonna get answered at some point. Um I'm really excited about the moms and the stories they're gonna share. So
1: And I think yeah. we both wish that this kind of event was happening when we were pregnant here. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's really just like it's like a no brainer. Like you're not gonna get this information, like, in this format any other way, you know.
2: Yeah, it's so also- easily
1: given to you, like as trying to find to find navigate the
2: system yourself.
1: Like this is just yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I think some what happens is that I think a lot of times Dutch care providers are so used to their system working a certain way that they don't think, oh, maybe we need to kind of give you an overview over how it works because they just take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, there's lots of women come to us a lot and say, oh, but don't you have to do it like this? So there's also, you know, rumor meals and kind of the expectation that you have to do it a certain way. And we really wanted to kind of dispel those myths and say, hey, it's yours for the taking. How would you like to give birth? And let us show you how to navigate that system and, you know, get hopefully the the birth that you want. So
1: well, it's a great event and um, well, it's going to be a great event. So yeah, I urge everyone to get on down there if they're in town. Um, Thank you so much. This has been awesome. And um, well, I'm also looking forward to the next one, but this in itself has just, has just been wonderful. And um, thanks for all your time. You're
2: welcome. Thanks for having me. I really uh, appreciate getting to tell my story and also, Yeah. The face behind the doula.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, it's nice. It's nice. We get to hear from you for more than an hour. So that's good. Really good. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time. Here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of
2: thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness
0: Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.